What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Bald Head Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Nehemiah wept. And according to the Bible, he wept bitterly. Now, what would make a growing man cry so intensely? Have you ever wept bitterly? Yeah, I have. The day I heard my mother had died suddenly, I would say, that day I wept bitterly. But even then, I only wept bitterly for about an hour. And I reached a point where I couldn't cry anymore. I just cried and cried until my tears ran out. And I think this is where Nehemiah was at. He had cried and cried. He wept bitterly for days, the Bible says. Now, what would make a grown man of prominence and wealth weep bitterly for days? For me, it was the death of a loved one. For Nehemiah, it was the news that the walls of Jerusalem lay in ruins and the Jews in Jerusalem were defenseless. Really? That would make you weep bitterly for days? That's the news that would make you mourn, tear your clothes, and go without food also for days? That's what Nehemiah did. I mean, for me, that would be the equivalent of finding out my city's downtown hadn't finished building the new off-ramp from the highway. Or maybe they hadn't finished building the new community center, and the community center is in a state of disrepair. Or was it? Is that what Nehemiah was crying over? Just the fact that some buildings weren't being rebuilt? No. For Nehemiah, for him to hear that the walls of Jerusalem were unfinished, that was a major blow for his people and a major dishonor for the God they served. See, Nehemiah was a Jew, and as such he worshipped a God named Yahweh, the one true God, the only God. And he had promised this God, Yahweh, had promised the Jewish people land, and he had promised the city of Jerusalem to his people. And and his people, to this God named Yahweh, his people were the Jewish people. 
And he had promised them this land and this city, and the Jews had lived there for many years. But because of sin and because the Jewish people rejected this God named Yahweh, and they ended up pursuing other gods named Baal and Moloch and Asherah, Yahweh said, because you pursued these other gods, I am going to kick you out of this land. You know, what's interesting is God told him that he was going to do that. God said in the book of Deuteronomy and later and earlier in the book of Exodus that if you obey me, I will bless you and you can stay in the land. But if you pursue other gods, I will reject you and I will curse you. And that is exactly what happened. And for 70 years, the Jewish people had to leave this land of promise. For 70 years, they had spent living in exile in the land of Persia, you know, modern-day Iran and Iraq. And they had lived in cities such as Babylon and, and maybe a city called Susa. For 70 years, they'd been in exile. But then... God raised up a Persian king named Cyrus who gave a decree ordering the Jewish people to return to the land and specifically Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and to reinvigorate the city. And so they did. They returned first under the leadership of Zerubbabel. And we talked about him last time when we covered the book of Ezra. 50,000 of them returned under his leadership. Then a second wave returned under the direction of the priest and scribe, Ezra. About 5,000 Jews returned in that second wave. And under Ezra's leadership, they finished building the second temple. Now, they had started the second temple years earlier, but under Ezra's leadership, they finally built it. And then Ezra, as high priest, also was able to lead the people back to a proper relationship with Yahweh. And he helped them to begin to live, in, live again in a way that honored their God, that honored Yahweh, that, that made it practically certain that God God would never kick them out of the land again and that they'd be able to stay there. Jerusalem was being rebuilt. Jerusalem and the surrounding region was once again resounding with the work and cries of the Jewish people. Worship of Yahweh was restored. The temple was rebuilt. The Jewish people were back in the land. Hooray! All is good. Or was it? From the return of Zerubbabel in the year 537 BC to the story of Nehemiah around 92 years later, 92 years had passed. Nearly a century had come and gone. A lot can happen in 92 years, you know, both for good and for bad. Well, in 92 years, something had happened. And what had happened was basically this. Nothing. Ezra was still preaching and teaching. Ezra was working and worshiping at the newly built second temple. But something bad was happening. The people were falling into moral disarray and moving away from Yahweh again. And they hadn't completed building the walls of Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem lay unfinished, and guess what? Because of that, Jerusalem was in danger of 
being attacked. And because of all of that, because of 92 years of wasted time and of falling away from God and not completing the task God gave them, 92 years later, Nehemiah began to weep. As a good Jew living in Susa, the capital of Persia, he was commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? That's what the Torah asked for, and, and he wanted to see Jerusalem rebuilt and renewed, and he wanted to see the temple of the Lord once again declaring the glory of Yahweh to surrounding nations. He wanted to see all of that happen. And when instead he saw that the city lay in ruins and the people far from following Yahweh, this made him weep. And it made him weep bitterly. Now remember, Nehemiah was a Jew who was serving the king of Persia. Now, the king at that time was Artaxerxes. Now, as king of the Persian Empire, as a great and powerful ruler, people were out to kill him. A lot of people wanted to be king. A lot of people wanted the power Artaxerxes I had. And, and one of the best ways to do that was to poison the king. And one of the best ways to do that was to poison the food he ate. So every day they had to make sure that somebody had not snuck into the kitchen and sprinkled poison on his food. And so every day they had to make sure that the food given to the king was safe for him to eat. And the way they did that was for someone to taste the food before the king ate it. So someone was picked to eat the noodles, have a slice of the meatloaf, try one of the shrimps that Artaxerxes was about to eat that day. He also had to drink some of the drink as well. And if that person did not die, then good, the food was safe to eat. Sounds like a pretty nice job to me. You know, you get you got to eat first, and you got to eat the finest food, drink the best drink, and you got to chat with the king. Every day you're around power and influence, and every day you got a fine meal. Sounds great. But the problem was, you could also die. You were one bad poison meatball away from dying every single day. Now, the man who did this job was known as the cup bearer. And over the years, this job had evolved into a high-paying, prestigious job. And a mighty monarch, such as the king of Persia, would have selected for that position a man who was known to be wise and discreet and consistently honest and trustworthy. And guess what? That is who Nehemiah was. And then, on top of all that, for a Jew... You know, somebody who wasn't a Persian, for, for a captive Jew to be promoted to this position probably meant Nehemiah was all those things, wise and intelligent and discreet and honest. But not only that, Nehemiah was, was all those things and more. Nehemiah was selected over other Persian candidates for this high-profile, well-paying job. That was quite an honor for Nehemiah, and it meant that Nehemiah was probably an impressive man, both intellectually and, and also, I think, a person of character. 
And I think he was also a person that people liked. Especially King Artaxerxes. I think he liked eating with Nehemiah and listening to what he talked about and what he discussed. I, I think Artaxerxes grew to like him. Now, why do I say that? Well, because the king later on notices that Nehemiah has been crying. Now, remember, Nehemiah cried for days when he found out from his brother, Hanani, that the walls of Jerusalem were in collapse and that the Jewish people were fading fast morally. Now, he found this out in December, and he mourned and fasted from December all the way through January, all the way through February, all the way through March. Then he also prayed that whole time, asking for God to intercede to help his people somehow. He prayed and asked God to remember the promise that he had made to his people. And you can read the prayer there in Nehemiah chapter 1. And he, he prayed and asked God to please remember the covenant you made with his people. And that if they sinned, remember God, you said that, the, that you would scatter them amongst the nation. But if they obeyed, Nehemiah reminds God that if they obeyed, you would be able to return and once again live under the favor of Almighty God. And he prayed this to remind God to not forget them. And because of his great love to remember the covenant he made with his people, he also prayed for success to talk to the one man who could do something about this, King Artaxerxes. See, it was King Artaxerxes that had earlier stopped the building of the temple. It was King Artaxerxes that had stopped the people from completing the work God had called them to do. Eventually, the work had gotten started again, but it was King Artaxerxes who had the power to start and stop the work. And now, King Artaxerxes had the power to get the Jewish people in Jerusalem to start working again. He had the power to get the walls built once again, to get the construction of the walls surrounding Jerusalem going again. King Artaxerxes had the power to do it, but the problem was Nehemiah had to ask him. Nehemiah would have to ask the king to intervene, and what if the king didn't like that idea? Or what if he felt Nehemiah had overstepped his bounds by asking Artaxerxes had killed a rival to his throne earlier named Artabanus and had ended up killing Artabanus's whole family as well. This was a ruthless man who could be incredibly cruel if he chose to be. And Nehemiah had to ask this man to help him? He had to ask this type of man to step in and, and to call for the walls of Jerusalem to continue to be rebuilt. And he had to ask Artaxerxes to not only ask for the walls to be rebuilt, Nehemiah had to ask this ruthless, cruel King Artaxerxes to fund the whole thing, to, to, to give money towards building this. This was quite a thing to ask. And it was probably dangerous to Nehemiah's job, his livelihood, and maybe even his life. And so Nehemiah had done the one thing he could do. He prayed. 
He prayed from December through March. He fasted as well from December through March. Now, how do you fast when you're eating the king's food every day? You know, that's another question. Now, remember, he probably only had a morsel of the king's food and probably ate back at home on his own. And I think that is where he fasted. And when he fasted, instead of eating, he devoted his time to prayer because that's essentially what fasting is. You know, he prayed in the morning instead of having breakfast. He prayed in the afternoon instead of having lunch. He prayed in the evening, maybe after a short little meal, but he got back to praying. He prayed all day, every day, that God would grant him favor with the king. And then finally, God told him it was time. Go into King Artaxerxes and ask. Nehemiah got up, wiped the tears from his eyes because he still wept over Jerusalem and his people. He still cried every day, but he wiped the tears from his eyes. And he walked in, you know, grabbed the plate of food that he's got to serve the king that day. And he walks into King Artaxerxes. And then Nehemiah took a deep breath and asked a question. And you know what King Artaxerxes' answer was? And what was the question Nehemiah asked? And how would you broach the subject? Well, if you want to find all that out, you've got to come back next week where we will talk about it. But for now, you got to wait. Or you can read ahead in the book of Nehemiah to hear all about this great man named Nehemiah and this great man of faith and this great man of, of organization and of drive. He was a brilliant individual. And many people think Nehemiah began the whole Jewish religion. He restarted the Jews in pursuing Yahweh in righteousness all over again. Nehemiah is a great man in the history of the Jewish people and ultimately in the history of Christianity because everything he did led to Christ. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.